0: Welcome to That Rooted Feeling Podcast, where I bring you high-value health information and practical tips to help you improve your lifestyle habits with a focus on plant-centered nutrition so you can achieve optimal wellness that radiates into and improves all aspects of your life, giving you that rooted feeling that you won't know until you have it. Welcome back to another week and another episode of That Rooted Feeling podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Brooke Stubbs, a board-certified physician in both internal and lifestyle medicine with a master's degree in nutrition. And as always on the podcast, I'm here to give you high-value health information to help you live a better life with more health, less chronic disease risk, and help you live longer with some practical tips. Of course, I've been through my own transformational health journey, and I cannot tell you what it feels like to really radically improve your diet and your overall lifestyle. The energy is profound, the sense of well being is profound, and I want everyone to experience that. That's why I do what I do. That's why I'm on this podcast. And today I am a little heated, and I just have to say, Some of the things that people spout out in social media on these health podcasts is going to drive me crazy. I I can't get attached to it because there's so much stupidity, but this latest thing, it really sent me over the edge. And I'm so heated about it because I see so much high cholesterol. I see so many people with elevated risk factors for heart disease. And then I see registered dietitians going on these really big syndicated podcasts, telling people to switch from extra virgin olive oil over to things like, uh, you know, ghee butter and grass-fed butter because of the low smoke point or the rancid nature of extra virgin olive oil because it comes in a brown glass bottle. Okay. Whoa. Hard stop. No. Okay. Saturated fat directly causes high cholesterol, which is the number one risk factor for heart disease. And it is the primary killer of both men and women, not only in our country, but worldwide. And when you look at the healthiest diet in the world that has ever been shown to actively decrease inflammation and heart disease, it is the Mediterranean diet. And nutrition studies are so difficult to do because things are so nuanced in nutrition and how people eat and diet. But we know by population studies throughout time and throughout the world that the Mediterranean diet that primarily uses high quality extra virgin olive oil, To cook, to cook with. They heat it. They use it to cook, is the healthiest diet in the world. Okay, let's just get that straight. Okay, let's talk about a few things. Now, the reason that one dietitian on a very popular podcast said that she has switched all of her clients from extra virgin olive oil over to butter when they're cooking is because when extra virgin olive oil is cooked, it becomes rancid and it creates free radicals. Ho, 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 ho. Let's break this down. Okay. Because butter also creates free radicals, right? When anything becomes rancid, it's going to have free radicals. First of all, extra virgin olive oil is kept in a dark container because it contains phytochemicals. And to keep it from oxidizing and losing that nutritional value, it is kept in a dark amber container. Butter doesn't need a dark amber container because it never contained phytochemicals in the first place. Instead, it has to be kept in a refrigerator, which means that it too is prone to becoming rancid. Now, poor quality butter has a lower smoke point than extra virgin olive oil, okay? High quality of either clarified butter or extra virgin olive oil are going to have higher smoke points. Now, let's talk about what happens at a smoke point. At a smoke point, the fats in your oil or in your butter, both fats, one a good fat, one a bad fat, break down and start to produce free radicals, okay? So it doesn't matter what it is you're cooking, it is going to break down and create free radicals if the temperature is too hot. Now, there are some butters that can go a little bit higher, and maybe when you're searing meat, which is also not good for you, you might wanna use clarified butter. However, the most healthy way to cook food, any kind of food, is through wet cooking. Okay. I've said this on previous podcasts, but anytime you dry cook a meal, you are going to increase the advanced glycated end products in that food, whether it's a vegetable or whether it's a meat. And you're going to increase advanced glycated in products even more if you're charring the food, okay? So at any time when you're using hot temperatures, high, high, high heat, and it's more dry cooking, you are are going to be creating more damage to your system by eating that food, okay? Searing or charring food increases The risk when you're eating those foods, especially if you're cooking with oils or fats at high temperature. It just is that way. So then to negate all of the benefits of extra virgin olive oil for butter because of this is just not sound advice, okay? The best way to cook your food is through things like steaming and boiling. It preserves a lot more of the nutrient value, okay? Now let's get into the kind of fat. So, extra virgin olive oil, it is made up of mono and polyunsaturated fatty acids. These are good fats. These are the fats that you want in your diet. These are the fats that we need. We need the, this macronutrient, but we want to have it in good sources. Now, butter, all kinds of butter, ghee butter, grass-fed butter, clarified butter, all sources of saturated fat. This is a kind of fat we don't want in our diet, and I see so many people on the standard American diet coming in with high cholesterol consistently all the time, and we change their diet, and we get them off of the cheese, and we get them off of the butter, and we lower their alcohol intake, and I see vast improvements in this risk factor for coronary artery disease, the number one killer of everyone, everyone worldwide, okay? So I think it's highly, highly irresponsible for anyone to be recommending on a popular podcast or to clients or to a wide population in general that they be switching from extra virgin olive oil to a butter without knowing Exactly what their risk factors are, coronary artery disease. Now I hope that this dietitian is taking blood le- levels and measuring cholesterol and following up if these people are getting switched to a high saturated fat diet. I have a feeling they are not. And so for you, if you are interested in incorporating butters into your diet, then you should know what your cholesterol looks like. And you should know how it is affected by these things. So you need to follow up with it when you change your diet. And you need to talk to a medical provider who has some background in healthy lifestyle habits, who knows what it is to incorporate saturated fat into your diet. Okay, I think I'm done with this topic, but I just wanna reiterate, the healthiest people in the world are on a Mediterranean diet, which uses extra virgin olive oil for preparing food, including cooking, okay? That doesn't mean I recommend you leave your extra virgin olive oil out to become rancid. I also don't recommend you leaving your butter out of the refrigerator, okay? If you're going to have butter, just have it infrequently and know what your cholesterol is and know how it's affected by the saturated fat. Saturated fat directly causes atherosclerotic disease, which is the primary risk factor for coronary artery disease, which is how most of us will die in this country. I don't recommend heating your food beyond its smoke point. Nobody would. However, your body can sustain some free radicals, okay? Not only could it sustain some free radicals, a little bit of pro-oxidative stress, is beneficial. We see this in exercise. Exercise creates free radicals and it promotes some mechanisms within the cell to help establish antioxidant potential. That being said, I don't even recommend people over exercise, which we know is good for us. So I would never want people to eat more than they should of any given food. The good thing about extra virgin olive oil is that it inherently has phytochemicals that combat free radicals that which butter does not have and that is why extra virgin olive oil is so healthy but if we talk about free radicals you have to know that eating anything is going to create free radicals in your body it's the natural system it's the end part of the electron transport chain when you metabolize your food so unless you're eating for energy in the form of a macronutrient or calories or nutrient value in the form of phytochemicals, vitamins, or minerals, I don't recommend you eating in abundance, in excess, because we produce free radicals in this process. Okay, so there's one other thing that I... It just drives me crazy. I understand that people crave red meat around their menstrual cycle, and I know that there's a lot of information out there that says it's because they're losing blood, and they're iron deficient. When in fact, red meat contains prostaglandins, that which will increase the amount of blood flow during your menstrual cycle. So although heme iron, like the iron that's in red meat, is more readily absorbed through the gut than iron in any other form, in a plant-based form, you will bleed more when you're having red meat during your cycle. It isn't going to help you with anemia. It will, however, increase your iron levels when you aren't on your cycle. And I actually have patients who eat red meat once a week or so thinking they're iron deficient, And don't realize they're carrying the gene for hemochromatosis and end up with high iron levels. So the first thing I would do in that instance is cut that out. Then you need to see a medical provider to get phlebotomy. So it isn't a benign thing to consume red meat. We already know all the other disease risks associated with consuming red meat, particularly colon cancer, also heart disease because of the saturated fat. So I do not in any circumstance, recommend women consume more red meat on their cycle for fear of becoming iron deficient and thus becoming anemic. Because in reality, red meat is associated with more anemia for women in menstruating years. Studies looking at women of childbearing age and iron deficiency showed that 60% 60% of red meat consumers had low iron stores compared to 40% of lacto-ovo vegetarians and 20% of poultry fish consumption. And the median serum ferritin concentration was significantly lower in the red meat group than any other group. So I just want you to be aware that red meat is not associated with improved Iron stores in your menstrual cycle. In fact, it creates more iron loss. And it's not necessarily the amount or the consumption of iron that helps the iron stores, but rather the loss of blood during the menstrual cycle that causes the low serum ferritin. And there's one more thing I just want to mention this week, not really a heated topic, unrelated pretty much to anything else, but it did come up at our recent uh, office holiday party. And it was (laughs) because we had a cheese board there. And cheese has been a vice of mine. I go through periods of not having it for a long time, then I'll have it again. And I have terrible stomach aches, but I've always been lactose intolerant. So that is my issue. But we also know from our why to reconsider dairy topic that we did in our first season, how detrimental dairy can be overall. Increased IGF-1 and growth factors that can increase your risk of cancer, increased risk of sudden infant death syndrome, your risk of diabetes and obesity and heart disease. So we know those things, but what we were talking about at the holiday party, was more about why we like cheese so much. And it is because the protein in cheese is casein and it creates casomorphine, which is an opiate-like substance. And it's in very, very high concentrations in dairy. Because, And also, casein is in a mother's milk. And so these compounds were meant for a calf or a baby to become addicted to their mother's food source so that they could grow and thrive and for cows who are much bigger mammals than we than we are that grow to be 400 to 600 pounds they have a very concentrated casein which produces a lot of casein morphine and is very very addictive not only to calves but even more addictive for humans. And this is what has been associated with sudden infant death syndrome. Now, with that said, dairy is a very good source of macronutrients. Now, it may be high in saturated fat, which isn't good for us, but it does have caloric density. And that is very important for growing kids. Now, in my opinion, you could be getting much healthier forms of macronutrients and fuel to help your kids grow. However, not everybody subscribes to that. And if you have to feed your children to help them grow, and this is what your pediatrician has recommended, by all means, do as your pediatrician says. But I think more and more pediatricians are coming around the idea that there may be healthier alternatives. And certainly if you can Cut the cheese habit, you'll be better off for it, but know that it does have highly addictive qualities. So this was kind of a hodgepodge episode about some issues that have been brought to my attention recently, but I hope that it clarifies some things for you. I hope it gives you some insight. I really hope you enjoyed this podcast episode. Please, please, please share it with a friend who has substituted their healthy extra virgin olive oil for saturated fat because they thought it's better for them because it's not. And if you will, please do me the big favor of subscribing to the podcast and leaving a five-star review, especially if you come here week after week. Those five-star reviews are so valuable for getting the podcast visible. And I hope to see you all here again next week.